0: Morning. Thanks, Aaron. I got some goosebumps on my arms on that last song. That's good. There's uh, something about vision, and uh, I want to, Aaron, thank you for allowing God to uh, help us have some vision about when we see Jesus singing and shouting. and Man, that's exciting. Wow. Um, Well, it's good to be here, and I trust that you all are having a great day, and I listened and I. It's pretty clear you are. So let's pray together, and we're going to keep on moving through this morning. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thanks for the wonderful hearts that are here. Thank you for um, hearts that would sing, uh, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. Wow. And Lord, our, our hearts, I mean, that's kind of really thrilling, and, and at the same time, we don't know what in the world that will be like, except to be really good. And that thing inside of us that's never satisfied, that hole that can't ever be filled, and it, on the best day, we're still left just longing a little bit, we'll all be filled in you, and with you. And we're looking forward to that, Father. But I've got to tell you this, too, um, you really blessed us here. We've got a really good, man, we we'll have been blessed with a great family here, wonderful hearts that love you, people to walk along with and, and uh, remind us of the truth of the story that you have won already. And our job isn't just to huddle here, but it's to go tell, tell the beautiful truth about the gospel of Jesus, the good news that so we can all uh, be yours and we can all see Jesus one day. If only we would. Uh, give ourselves to you. Thank you for that. Today, as we go through the rest of this day, Father, and pressing on the vision that Aaron's given us, we want to share some thoughts on vision. And I thank you for, for what you've done so far. And bless us through the rest of this service. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 18, verses 35 through 43. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, What was happening? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And and Jesus stops and he asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. And Jesus says to him, "Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you." And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus pra- praising God and when they all when they saw it, all the people praised God. It's really nice to be able to see, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I really like the color green. That's awesome. Don't you love blue and red and orange? I mean, we were outside, the, the, the girls were, I mean, they were having a yard sale. I was doing all the work. No kidding, man. Uh, wow. i doing some stuff for breaking chains. It's like, Jamie, do this. Jamie, get this. Jamie, go get this. Jamie, I need a drink of water. Jamie, could you fan me? I'm really hot out here. I'm kidding. They did a great job. But in the middle of the day yesterday, there were, or in, in the middle of the morning, there were a couple of balloons. The sky was just blue and beautiful. And there were these two balloons that... A little Abby saw flying in the sky and she pointed him out. Man, and there were just these two little color explosions on this big blue sky. Color's fun. Seeing is it's awesome. Being able to look in someone's eyes and, and, and see. There's something deeper than seeing, and, and that's the things that we have to get after here today. Being able to see does not necessarily mean that you have vision. And that's what we're talking about here this morning when Aaron sings a song, when we all see Jesus. He's not talking about seeing. He's talking about vision. when we see. When we were at the, in the Grand, on our Grand Canyon tour several years ago, um, I remember Don, Jason, Aaron, me, and Scotty were um, on a five-day rafting trip through the Grand Canyon. And, you know, um, it's pretty cool when you're on this... this uh, this big raft, and there're like eight people on the raft, and then you have a guide, and the guide is in the middle. And you know, I imagine you see these—you uh, see these rafting trips, and every dude's got an oar. Or every every person who's going, something maybe girls or guys don't take that person, but everybody's got an oar. Everybody's rowing. Well, on this trip, one guy in the middle, these big oars, and he's rowing, and rowing, and rowing. And so after a while, you know, I don't remember which one of us, but we all took our turns of. 'm uh, thinking that well, if little Steiner can row this thing <laughs> down the down this river, certainly we can um, Steiner was a a tour guide for the Mokey Mac River tour. He also was a ski patrol in 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 Colorado during the ski season and i he got his name honestly from the stories that we were told and uh and he but he was really good he 's a really nice guy, okay, so he 's just there all day in the hot sun just hitting those oars, and finally someone said, hey, how about, um, can I try? And he's like, absolutely. So one of us gets up there and starts rowing, and the canoes, or the the rafts in front of us start pulling away further and further in the distance, and then we're sideways, and we're not going anywhere. And he gets the oars, and he gets us going again, and before long, we're catching up, and we're back with the pack. And after a while, somebody else, you know, hey, can I I try that? doesn't look too, absolutely. And they start pulling away, and we start turning sideways, and we're stuck again. And he gets us back, and we're catching up. And we go through, I know um, there was at least four of the eight had to try this out. And finally, we said, so what's going on here? I mean, every one of us is bigger than Steiner. There's something up, and, and then he shows us. I mean, we all see this river. The river is awesome. It's massive, and every bit of this river is just kicking. The Colorado River is a beast. But there's, there's a tiny current in the Colorado that's so much faster than the rest. And when are in that flow, it's just real easy to keep it going. And he'd just get back in the flow and paddle a little harder, and he'd catch up. But as soon as you're out of that flow, the rest is not, not flowing so fast. And all of a sudden you're in a mess and you're sideways and you're kind of, and you start losing your way. Vision, being able to see what's really there, see, vision, is, is very difficult. Spiritually speaking, being a seer of things does not necessarily mean you have vision. And just because you see doesn't mean you see what matters. We say things like, we, we major in minors, and we, and we minor in majors, and you can't see the forest for the trees. And we say that for right reasons, don't we? I, I remember um, when Kristen and I were first married, um, we took a trip to a lake, and we were on this uh, spillway. You know how they get these big, giant rocks, and they pile them all in to keep erosion away? And I was looking for for a rock, and I wanted to, you know, to throw a rock in and make a big splash, and uh, I'm, I'm, she's like, what are you doing? I'm standing on these big... I'm looking for a rock. And there's like 10,000 rocks here. She starts laughing. One of those laughs where she's about doubled over because you're being said, Jamie, there's rocks everywhere. What do you mean? We're looking for a rock. Be a bit more specific. And that's what vision is. Helen Keller was once asked, what would be worse than being born blind? Helen Keller. Blind, deaf, mute. What would be worse than being born blind, having sight without vision. If you know her story, and I don't think it's possible anyone in this room or uh, near this room would not know that story. If you, if you know her story, that should make a bit of an impact. In, in 1833, an employee at the patent office in Washington, D.C., wrote this letter, the patent, patent office. Because everything that can be invented, dear sir, because everything that can be invented has already been invented, 1833. It is inevitable that this office should go out of business. Inasmuch, I shall, sh- I shall soon lose my position, I hereby resign to look elsewhere for work. Sincerely. Up to that point, less than 500 patents had been applied for in the United States, and by the time World War I was over, more than 60,000 patents were issued, and today, millions. There's a vision issue there, isn't there? In 2 Kings chapter 6, the, the Arameans were just lighting up the Israelites, running tours through the camp, destroying everything. And so Elisha the prophet began to get a vision from the Lord. And when the king of Aram would decide that he was going to attack, he would tell his, his officers, you know, we're going to go here and attack. And God would tell Elisha, and he would tell the, the king who would tell the armies, and they would go and, and deal with it. And they would decide, we'll go here and attack. And Elisha would tell them, and they would go deal with it. And Elisha would tell them, and they would go. And, and, and after a while, the king got really frustrated and determined that they had a traitor in their camp. And he pulls them all together. And he says, I want to know who is on the side of the king of Israel. And one of his men stepped up and said, it's Elisha the prophet. He hears the very words you say in your bedroom. So he's pretty upset and decides we'll go to Dothan and get Elijah the prophet and deal with this. There's an issue. (laughs) Elijah's not Elijah because of Elijah. Elijah's Elijah because of God. Elisha, sorry, I'm not saying that well. So he goes to get them. And he sends out this great army and And the army, you know, they surround the city at night. And and Elisha's servant wakes up in the morning, and you know the story. He comes walking out half asleep, uh, and here is all this army everywhere. Everywhere he looks, there are horses and chariots ready to destroy Elisha and his servant. (laughs) That's what they got. And so he goes in and he says, hey, we're surrounded. What are we going to do? And Elisha says these words. So, so I'll do. So I want to do some reading here. Two, a few verses. 2 Kings six. I got a bit ahead in that story. This enraged the king. He's been. He's told that Elisha knows everything. So he summons his officers and demands them, "Tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel." And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early, in the, and when the servant, um, which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel? And he told him that you know. It's Elijah. He knows everything you're told in your very bedroom. The next part, we're talking about the servant. When, he, when a servant of, of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded them. And, oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet said. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with him. And then he, and then he prayed a prayer. God opened his eyes. Help him to see. He already saw. Bruce Lee, they said, wasn't Bruce Lee just because he was good. He was Bruce Lee because he invented something about martial arts. He invented the not punching to hit, but punching through. And vision is that very thing. Vision is seeing through seeing deeper, seeing more. And so Elijah says, open his eyes that he may see, and, he, and his eyes are opened, and he sees the hills full of, char, of chariots of fire, the army of God surrounding them. There was a great deliverance that day. We, the, the, the power of the story is amazing. He, he sees, and, and as, the, as the, the armies come upon him, uh, the, 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 the armies of Aram... Elisha prays, you know, Lord, blind them, and they're blinded. And then he leads them back to Samaria, to the king. The king wants to kill them. He says, you they don't. they're captives. You're not going to kill them. Feed them and send them back home. And that was the last day that Aram messed around with Israel during this watch. So um, it, 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 God opened his eyes that he could see what's really there. Our difficulty in life, I believe, is that we do not have vision our difficulties come from vision it's not the seeing but Jesus would say they have eyes but don't see we have we see we just don't have vision we have these things that work but to be able to see what's really going on we don't see so well and so we're like Steiner, man, when, we're, when we're, we're settling in with the Lord as Elijah is, man, we're just rowing down the Colorado River with Jesus. And then uh, so suddenly I want to take over. I think I have some great ideas. I think I need to do this. I think my family needs to do this. I think our church ought to do this. And so my agenda or my thought uh, takes over, and next thing, we're a little sideways, and we're a little slower, and we're in a mess. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about a healthy, building a healthy church, or a church that matters. And this, this morning, I would definitely want to consider this vision that matters. And it would sound something like this if I could tell you the truth. I really don't want to hear anything any of you have to say for my life or my wife, or my family, or my church, unless you got it from the Lord. I mean, I want to hear it. I want to chatter with you. I don't want to talk. I'd like to talk baseball, and I'd like to talk everything else. But what I really would like is if your heart were trained in the Lord, our conversation would be so much better, wouldn't it? If my heart were steeped in Jesus, wouldn't our conversation be different? If my vision for for my life and my family's life and this church life where Jesus' vision, if I listen from him, he shows up and, and a man wants to see and he gives him vision. Vision is all God's to give. You can't make it. Doc Counter was given a, a, uh, um, a Devo talk at camp. He's, he's done the sermon here in the, in the evening sometimes. He's talked about the power of the eye and how amazing it is. He talks about how he can help you see better. I can't make an eye. God's the one that gives the vision, right? But though I can see, I get in places where my eyes start to be a problem. My glasses get out of focus and I can't see well. And when that happens, I don't go to... Um, Google to try to find out why my eyes aren't working properly. And I don't go to someone who stayed at a Holiday Inn and say, by the way, could you fix my eyes? I go to somebody who knows. I call Doc, and I say, Aaron, I need to have you. This is what's going on with my eyes. I mean, I call his receptionist, um, and she sets me up with an appointment. Yeah, uh, and uh, and so he says, all right, man, come on in. And he, Better here, better here. Better here, one or two. Two, one or two. Okay, I'm listening to a sermon in the optometrist's office, and when we're finished, I get him two of the same things and say, "Better here or here? want the blackberry cobbler or the blackberry cobbler." I'm kidding, Aaron. If you can hear this, there really is a difference every time. It's and it's big. I go to Aaron and I say, "Something's up. Help me out." I don't try to fix my vision. I don't try to self-diagnose. It's too important. I don't mess with Kindles that way. We don't mess with Kristen's that way. And we don't mess with anybody else's because I do not know about vision. And my harsh, seemingly words, I don't mean them harsh. I "I don't want to hear, but listen, you don't know. You're going to wreck us. It's not your place to decide what's best for us. It's not your job. Our job is to look at Jesus who gives vision, who knows, man, he has known since he established the church what it takes to keep a church healthy and on the right track. He knows it. He knows it all. He's the one in the stream going to stay up and we say, I'd like the oars. You're going to take them whether I give them to you or not, so go ahead. Oh, you're sideways again. Could we give them back? And we keep moving them and he keeps just graciously moving back, and we move him, and he moves back, and we move him, and he moves back. Vision is God's, only his. It's Jesus. It's only his, and we get it because he gladly wants his church to be healthy. He gladly wants your soul, you alone, to be healthy. He wants your family to be healthy, and he wants your church to be, this church, his church, to be healthy, So he gladly gives vision. And he gives it the more if you just ask. Help us see. I've been a part of, and I I say this so honestly and truthfully, I've been a part of wonderful ministry. I mean, the things that I've been blessed to get to do a few years ago, I would have never dreamed would happen in my life. I mean, I can stand and tell you what I thought my life was going to be is nothing. I mean, it doesn't even measure on any type of scale compared to where, where God has allowed me to be. But this is the truth of that story. Everything that, he, that I am blessed to get to do, n- none of it was my idea. I can't claim any of it, man. I, can't. I was sitting in my office one day, and I thought, we need to do this. This would be good for us. I've done that. And it stunk every time. It fell apart while it was going on. Every time I thought, this is going to be awesome. And then, then I started praying and listening and reading and just listening. And then I would listen to other people talking about certain events and I would say, Lord, is this what you're trying to tell me? And it's almost as if everything that works right is when I back up and go, okay, I remember you telling me that and I wouldn't listen. Can we try that? Wow, that's pretty neat. Could have saved me a lot of pain, and a lot of time in the office, boring myself to tears. Think, but everything, and I, 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 I could tell you if you, if we could sit alone long enough to ask, how did this happen? Well, this and this and bumping my head on the wall, and this and this and this and this, and I was like, okay, we could do this, I guess. Wow, are you serious? And then, and then this act, and then this event, and then this relationship, and then this person, and that, everything of. I've been blessed to be a part of. I o- the only claim I have is Him. Every friendship that, that is at least a bit healthy is Him. Everything that's fallen apart and I've muddled up, it's all me. Every friendship that I've crashed, it's me. And it is every time me trying to force or make it work or, or, or do whatever I thought was right to do. And I'll tell you this though. When I am letting him walk in me and with me and, and through me, you know this. He just lets you see. He helps you perceive, discern, understand the situation. So-and-so struggling. I need to say something to them. But you walk on your own and try that. And you're the guy t- asking someone, so when does your baby do? <laughs> and they're going, I've just been sick a long time, man. I'm not. Or, hey, um, so... What's going on in your life? You look really tired. No, I'm good. Everything's just fine. I mean, I've had men come up to me and say these things saying, "I just ask when." or "I just said something, and it's so awkward." And that's really life in Je- without Jesus. That's what we're doing to one another. You know? Uh, it's difficult. It's really difficult to dial ourselves back. And try not to fix everything. Try not to finish everything, but leave room for God to give us vision, to help us see what's going on. Elders meetings, man, they start with prayer. We want this to be about you. Church services, we start with prayer. In your home, what do we do? Prayer, right? On your own. Prayer. Jesus, help me know. Help me see. I'm not sure what's going on. And I don't know the days. I couldn't tell you the days when I'm walking and scratching my head saying, Lord, this seems like this and this, and it only makes sense that it's this. Two plus two is always four, God. No, sometimes it's 275,000, Jamie. And that's what it is today, and you're wrong. I'm like, man, I should have known that doesn't add up right, because God doesn't give it to us to mess up. You're too precious for God to just trust me to run rampant through your life to try to fix you, and this world is too magnificent to him, and this church is too precious for us just to take over and try to fix. It's his place. You're his family. You're his individual. It's all his and he has a great work he wants to do. So here's a, a wonderful passage I love. Mark chapter 8, 22 through 26. Understand that the setting here is Jesus is always battling with the Pharisees who always want to expose him as not who he is. They have vision, but they can't see. He calls them things like whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. He says things like you travel To the ends of the earth, to make a disciple, then make him twice the son of hell as you are. Seeing, they never see. Hearing, they never hear. Those things. In Mark chapter 8, it says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. They took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes, that's just gross. He spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. Jesus asked, "Do you see anything?" You got to see that, right? I mean, that's kind of funny. I want to see spit in his eyes and then say, "You see anything?" Well, I got this um, stuff in my eyes, but uh, you guys can go back to sleep. I think it's funny. Put his hands on him. Jesus asked, "Do you see anything?" He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. I, I'm, I don't think that's what we were looking for when I thought you were going to heal us. I mean, you've been there, right? I thought this was going to work out a little bit better than this. Jesus spits on him, touched him. Do you see anything? Yeah, I mean, people look like trees. I can't really see. And then once again, he touches him. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes then he then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly and Jesus sent him home saying don't even go to the village two part healing first time wasn't good enough jesus losing his power needs a little more sleep it's not working out well here for you come back tomorrow I mean, he goes up to this guy that's blind, and he says, "You know, he wants to heal him." He pulls him away, and he spits on him, touches him, and he only—he still can't see right. He sees anything; it looks like trees. It's not quite there. Touches him again, and he can see perfectly. What's the point? Well, the point is to be very um, o- obvious and honestly exposing uh, uh, the Pharisees. Right? You think you see. You don't see. You just see a little bit. Wonderful, wonderful illustration. This is what you see. You've, you barely have vision. But if you would trust me, oh, I'd help you see really well. Wren Collective does a great um, uh, version or um, remix of You Are My Vision, that old hymn. You are my vision, O King of My Heart. Nothing else satisfies only you lord you're my best thought by day or by night waking or sleeping your your presence my life vision comes from god that's the only place we're going to get it and if we're going to navigate this place well man we're talking colorado river life is going by so fast doesn't it go by fast man there're jagged rocks and deep holes in the rapids, and, and you could, it's so easy to lose sight of where we're really going, start getting sideways and losing perspective so, so quickly. Only God knows the path. He's only one with vision, but man, he loves to give it. He loves to help us see, and I want to just encourage us To move more in that direction. I need you to encourage me and remind me, Jane, we don't want your opinion. (laughs) It would be really nice to hear what God's trying to do in you. Let's pray together, and then we'll have our invitation. Father, thank you so much for this time. I want to thank you for all the hearts that are here and uh, listening so uh, attentively and being so encouraging with their responses here today. Lord, uh, we need your vision. You bless us with a wonderful, wonderful family. Here is sunshine. You've given all of us wonderful families individually, and Father, you've made us all remarkably well. And Father, from from the individual to the to the to the family to this massive church family here, you you have um you have great dreams and visions for us. And God, I pray that you would help us to realize and help us to know uh, that you really intend for this to go well, and help us to give our hearts over to you. For you to give vision to. And Lord, give it. Um, call us out. Lead us forward. Move us. Help us to see. Be with our elders. Be with all of our wonderful people here, God. All of the wonderful members, this family. We need you and we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you need to desire to respond, need to respond, this would be a great time for you to come forward to be an elder on either side of the auditorium. Uh, the, up front here, they would love to encourage you, pray with you. Uh, if you have not given your life to Jesus, they would love to immerse you into Him. You could become become a son or daughter of God this very day. Whatever you desire.